Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And uh, we are talking about a very serious issue that arose to the surface this week because celebrities were involved, but it's a, it's a much more profound issue than that. It's the suicide of Kate Spade, followed quickly by the suicide of Anthony Bourdain. Um, you know, they to me it really puts into perspective. It, it was so uh, sadly perfect to juxtapose with what we talked about last week about the Starbucks. Um, I don't know what they called it, racial sensitivity training. Binkley, my producer here, he's racial bias training. Racial bias training. So, and and it was. It seemed to me we did whole, we did a podcast and and a show on it. If you want to hear it, it's a propaganda report dot com. It seemed very damaging. Its point was, seemed to be, to make people be suspicious of each other and to disempower those who feel like the world is against them. I, I thought it was terrible. A really, like, an, an intentional, um, you know, uh, attack on society. I did not like it. And then uh, when these suicides happen this week. People who seem to be at the top of the world, who you might envy, seems to have achieved it all, uh, privilege, whatever. And, and there they took their own lives. So I, I started reading some statistics. And this is from the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. This just on the front page. It's facts about suicide. Uh, it says men die by suicide three and a half times more often than women. White males accounted for 7 of 10 suicides in 2016. And the rate of suicide is highest in middle age, white men in particular. And then elsewhere in the, on that website, it said whites have a two and a half times the suicide rate of blacks. So my point is really that you do not know what other people are going through. And to assume that uh, someone's life is is more carefree because of the color of their skin is a hundred percent inaccurate. And if you think that I'm kidding, that that's what the purpose of the Starbucks training was, um, I want to keep going with the calls, but I, I think we should stop down and just play these two quick clips from what was this, a documentary they showed? This Starbucks? was a documentary they made for the purpose of the training. Now, keep in mind that in 2016, white males accounted for 7 of 10 suicides. 2016, white males in the U.S. accounted for 7 of 10 suicides. Let's hear clip uh, 18. This is a testimonial 
from a white guy. When I leave my house, regardless of where I'm going, the I'm just leaving my house. Just walking out the door. I don't I'm not walking out the door thinking what kind of hurdle am I going to run into today? What kind of way am I going to be judged? I walk out a free man. I just do my thing. Not a care in the world. I don't worry about anything. How about you, Binkley? Drive do you ever backwards? worry about anything? Yeah, I don't think about nothing. Just just go roll out there. Sometimes you forget to get dressed. Yeah, don't wear any pants. Yeah, I'm don't fine. Don't wear anything. So, this is, let's, the, the next testimonial, I, I would say, demonstrates the desired impact of that statement. Let's hear, this was also in the, in the Starbucks thing, clip 21. The society I want to see is I want to be able to walk out the house just as free feeling as that white guy who said he doesn't worry about a thing when he walks out the door. I want to have that same expectation. So is playing this for people, 8,000 stores shut down and every single person who worked in them, and then yes. it's just going to spread. Did the, is that, I mean, is that... Is that the reality here of the tens of thousands of people who kill themselves? I mean... It's a caricature of a white guy, and then they take that caricature and they say, here's the standard you are to expect. It, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy because there's... I, I mean... Oh my, I, I don't know anybody who does that, who walks out of the house with nothing to worry about. Yeah. All you do is worry. The second I walk out of the house, I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, every minute of every day I'm worried. Every every minute. I'm already starting to worry about what I have to do after the show. People wake up mid-stress, you know. They pop I wake up in the middle of the night stressing. I literally woke up in the middle of the night after the Kate Spade thing. I was like, what? This is crazy. She has a 13-year-old daughter. You know, like, I just freaked me out and then you worry you're like what's wrong what's wrong with this world what's wrong you know it's just i can't sleep at night sometimes worrying about what's wrong with the world much less the stuff i have to actually get done and probably can't anyway it's not about <laughs> i just it's, it's funny that this is the levity in this show but it's been so sad and uh but what calls? i mean really i encourage people to listen when this podcast comes out propaganda daily PropagandaReportDaily.com. Let's get to some calls. Um, I want to go to Juanita. Juanita, why am I not able to? Ah, Juanita, you are on with Monica. Hi, Monica. It's great to talk to you, and I really get a lot out of your show, and, and you're a really great listener. And what I wanted to ask you was, are you familiar with the Trip Halstead story? I don't think so. What is it? The little boy who was... Uh, five years ago, he was hit by a tree during uh, a tree branch at his yeah. daycare. Yes, I remember. You, you, okay, okay, and and so that was that was five years ago, and so his mom's name is Stacy, and she started a Facebook page, uh, just letting people know how the progress was because he I forget how long he was in the hospital, but he was in the hospital for a really long time, and it was never going to get better. But you know, at, at the time they thought it was going to get better so i just started following it on uh, her on facebook and she would post you know how things are going and this is going and it was a lot of medical stuff and it was a lot of back and forth and all this other stuff and then eventually as he got older she you know they realized you know there's there's this is as good as it's going to get you know he he really 
wasn't able to talk and do things on his own, all this stuff. So one day I was looking through Facebook and all I do is look. I don't I don't post stuff. I don't tell people what I think. I just look and it was on there and she said, um, Trip passed away today, blah 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 or whatever she said. And I was like, What? What? Because Nothing was ever said that was anything was the matter. And I guess he got pneumonia or whatever. And and so it was all on the news. Just everybody had on the news. It was everywhere. Every website could be. And I mean, she had, I don't know how many followers, millions. So it was just on everything. Everybody was talking about it. And then she came back later on Facebook and said, I'm going to be leaving Facebook for a while. I don't know how long. And so... I don't ever post on Facebook, but I said something like, you do what you have to do, and we're just really sorry. I'm just really sorry. And everybody was saying, you know, we're really sorry. So the son, a few hours later, or sometime in the middle of the night, she comes back. She says, basically something like, I don't know what to do with myself. I, I'm just sitting here. I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I don't know what to do with myself. And so then from then on, she, she, and everybody was saying, that's right, that's fine. You just come in, you just tell us what you're thinking, you, what you're feeling. And people would, would, it just became a discussion room. And she just was saying what's going on with the process of, of going through what she has to do. Right, so with- you have to give me the upshot, though, because um, I've got a lot of calls. So what's your upshot? Give me your, your point in one sentence. Well, it, it just said I was saying that this became a discussion of, on what you do when you lose somebody and that just because you lose someone doesn't mean that's the end of it and it became a a site where people could discuss what you do when you lose someone that's all i think that there is i'm sorry if i um cut you off but i do feel like uh the most important i mean i think you're talking about the importance of reaching out and talking about feelings and i think that goes to something i said earlier which was um that you don't know where you're going to get the support that you need, the connection that you need. It's not necessarily going to be your friends and family. A lot of times you have tension there. Um, Binkley, what do you think? I think she was talking about a website. Is that correct? Was she... Stacey Halstead's uh, Facebook page. And what I was just trying to say is in our society, we don't discuss about how we feel when we lose someone. You don't talk about it because... You know, you start crying or whatever, and what do you do when someone starts crying? What do you say? You don't have to say anything. You, you're just there for them. And that's what I was saying. The, the Facebook page, that was her way of letting people know how he's progressing. Oh, she was ended up end to be it. a way for her to... And then it became a way for everyone yeah. to to continue on. Because just because he passed away doesn't mean he's forgotten. And, oh, and yeah. I got, I, yeah. I, and so, you know, as a casual observer, oh, I, I got a lot of out, out of that. Very interesting. And I'll tell you this, that I have found, um, I believe what I've observed is if you, you know, when a parent loses a child, they, I, I almost feel like some people feel like they have to keep the pain alive to keep the memory alive. And, and that's when people really descend into alcoholism and stuff. They cannot let go of the pain. Um, but I love your idea of being able to keep this person alive, even if it's every day in your memory, and share that and maybe still be able to live your life for the other relationships that you have. 
but I'm out of my depth with this because I can't imagine how to comfort somebody. But I, I like what you're saying, and it's not a bad idea to to reach out. Maybe you know, there's obviously good comes out of the social media stuff. Binkley, you want to put a cherry on that? Yeah, I have a friend who died about a year and a half ago, and he would always leave these long, like, very specific birthday posts for people on Facebook, and his father continues to do that to his friends posting old things real i think it's great actually and so it's kind of similar to what she's saying keeping his memory alive yeah and i and i think to, to be able to do that with uh joy and hope uh is probably a way to kind of save yourself yeah. you know maybe that sorry so thank you very much Juanita. i'm sorry if i didn't completely understand it right up front i still have time for a call or two uh, after this break, this is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Your show is the grand prize for so many of us. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. This is a departure from my regular show topics generally, but it's an important uh, topic that's affecting us. Um, I'm going to give uh, the last word to Kelly and then... We're going to do something positive. Catherine Bernard is going to call in at the bottom of the hour, if I'm not mistaken about that. I hope I gave her the right number, uh, to talk about a case in the area that is very interesting. It's significant, not just to people here. Um, and she has ways that we can help. So that'll be a very hopeful, helpful, uplifting way to end the show, to close up the show. It doesn't end until 6, but so stay tuned. And uh, I'm going to let Kelly... Give us the, the last word on this topic. Kelly, you're on with Monica. Oh, I'm so glad I got to give the last word on this. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the conversation. And, you know, at first you were talking about uh, the connections of uh, having connections with people. And I was like, well, I don't know if that's necessarily it. But the more that I've thought about it, I, I think the connection is really big. And I just was just thinking here, if I could say one thing is for anybody that's out there, because I've suffered with uh, ups and downs of depression and how I feel. I've been uh, sober for a really long time, uh, and, you know, it changes. But I just, you know, you're not alone. If, if you're out there and you don't feel like you have what you want or you should be who you should be, you're not alone. And I would almost say that's kind of normal, <laughs> you know. Um, it's Yeah, that's what know, keeps us a, driven dissatisfaction is what keeps us continuing to strive for goals. Anxiety is what keeps me worrying about dotting all the I's. Right. There's a, a philosopher, I don't know who it was, but he said, I was reading some book, and he said that life is a struggle. And when you can accept it, it gets a little bit better. You know, and it's, I, I am glad that I'm not alone and that I do have a group of people that aren't necessarily my family that I can talk to and share my struggles with because when I just leave it up inside my head, man, it can get really dark in there. <laughs> yeah, and let me say, I, you've inspired me to share a story that I didn't, hadn't even thought about. Uh, the darkest day I ever had was when I found out, right when my first son was born uh, with Down syndrome. I found out he had Down syndrome. And I, all I saw was a black hole. I looked for the bootstraps I normally grab onto to pull myself up. Nothing. Worst day ever. That kid is the greatest joy I have ever had in my entire life. 
So sometimes whatever it is that's, you know, that weight of the world that's on your shoulder, why are you working for it? Maybe it's going to pay off. You know, maybe it's worth powering through. Maybe it's worth seeing a bigger picture. That's a unique circumstance. But thanks so much for the call, Kelly. Stay tuned for Catherine Bernard. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. This will not stand, you know. This aggression will not stand, man. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Libertarian Voice on WSB, Saturdays from 3 to 6. And one of my favorite, uh, I believe, self-described liberty-loving Republicans here in Atlanta uh, is Catherine Bernard. And I am having her on the show today. I, I am very selective about the few guests per year that I have, and they're always limited to local liberty-leaning activists who I don't think get the airtime that um, that they need. And uh, today, especially, I feel like we have an opportunity to do some good by calling attention to a big problem, big nationwide problem, but also a very specific local case. Uh, and so with that, I am going to say hello to Catherine. Hello, Catherine. Can you hear me? I can. Hey, Monica, thanks so much for having me on today. It's my pleasure. And what I would like you to do, if you wouldn't mind, is give me basically one sentence about who you are and um, also, uh, you know, just a sentence or two to launch the discussion on uh, the case that you're calling about. Absolutely. Well, I, like you said, I'm Catherine Bernard. I'm a lawyer who lives in Atlanta but practices all over Georgia. And I try to focus on folks who are the victims of government overreach, people who are really being treated unjustly by the system. And when I heard from Susanna and Matthew Brill down in Twiggs County, I knew their case was one that I had to work on. They have a son, David Ray, 15 years old, who has suffered with a seizure disorder his entire life. Heavy pharmaceuticals failed to control it, but eventually they tried cannabis. That's right. They let their 15-year-old son consume small amounts of marijuana, and it actually successfully controlled his seizures. Was he just smoking pot, or was it, how do you... Well, that was the only way that they were able to get it yeah. for him. It was actually whole plant marijuana. That right. was actually how he consumed it. You know, they would have been open to any kind of other right. medical marijuana, medical cannabis. But unfortunately, Georgia doesn't make those options available. Some of the folks on David's treatment team even mentioned, you know, there's a long waiting list. We couldn't even get him the low THC oil that Georgia has legalized. Wow. So they were desperate, you know, His, their son was suffering, so they tried this, and it was, a, it was a miracle. David's teachers recognized it. David's doctors recognized it. For 71 days, he was able to live as a normal 15-year-old boy and have this seizure disorder under control. Unfortunately, at some point, DFAX got wind of this, came in, knocked on the door, said, we have to have you stop using this cannabis. And Matthew and Susanna complied. And unfortunately, David then had the worst seizure of his life. He had to be transported to Navicent Hospital in an emergency condition. And since then, he has been in the custody of the state. His parents were arrested for reckless conduct, kept in jail for a week. David's service dog, Mallory, was actually taken to the pound. So he doesn't have a service dog with him either? No, he's in state custody at a group home uh, with very serious concerns about whether or not he's getting adequate medical treatment. And his family is just frantic to have him back. 
I, I bet a lot of people in the audience has her uh, has personal experiences, not like that, but that what you're saying rings true. And I've seen uh, the system treat people, you know, less severely, but in ways like that. So keep going. Well, what's been so great about this case is that it's really resonated with people kind of across the country. You know, we just had an article in People Magazine about it. It's been covered in the New York Times. I think I saw it in news networks. Exactly. So keep an eye out, folks. This story, it's real. It has legs. And it's really just broken open a seam of public opinion that, you know, people... People want a family to be able to give medicine to their child without the government getting in the way. And actually, as a libertarian, I have to say, I've noticed uh, like a funny contradiction is that people will say people don't kill, guns don't kill people, people kill people. The government shouldn't control guns, yet um, not everybody has the same feeling about controlling drugs. And I'm not even talking about just a free-for-all mayhem, but there are god's gifts you know that um that it's just uh, people that have medicinal uses that they're denied access to stuff as simple as something you could grow in your backyard you're not asking a pharmaceutical company to give it to you to supply it at great cost you're just asking to not be prevented from harvesting something that uh grows out of the ground i mean i don't want to get into a drug war discussion um you know, I'm realistic well, about drugs. But. And especially with all of this opioid abuse problems that we have going on across the country, you know, we're losing people to opioid over- overdoses. And it just seems, you know, cruel and ridiculous that access to this plant that has provided relief for countless people with countless conditions, that we as a public would be investing money in hurting people who make that choice hurting people and their families. It just doesn't make sense. Well, I, Catherine, my experience with you, I'm aware of you for some um, runs for office. I believe you were a delegate, if I recall correctly. I know you've been a tremendous advocate in front of the legislature. Um, you and you came on the show, uh, I think, I think this is how it happened, if I remember correctly, um, right before the no-knock raid legislation was defeated. I believe Stacey Abrams That's right. And can I just say thank you to your listeners, Monica, because we beat that no-knock legalization effort when the legislature tried to push that past and make it officially legal to bash down someone's door without even announcing that it's the police first. But people who heard your show, they called their legislators. It made a difference, and we were successful. Yeah, that was a miracle. I was very happy about yeah. that yeah um so so you are an an, uh, an activist in in many ways i think you've called yourself the liberty leaning republican is that accurate yes you know i georgia does have two parties that have legal electoral access to the ballot and while ballot access is a whole separate issue i do come down on the side of less government in people's lives which puts me on the republican side yeah that's i wish totally- it put a little more of our republican leadership on that side but <laughs> I'm not, I'm not hanging show. labels on you, Catherine. I just don't want to hang a label on you that you don't want. But, I, but the point of my question is, so in this case, I feel like there's a bigger issue, uh, you know, the kind of legal, the policy issue, and then there's the actual case itself and how uh, to resolve that. So I guess I want and, you know, of course, we don't have a ton of time, probably five more minutes or less. Can you kind of give me your sense of what you're looking for? What you're being active in this? Is it for policy reasons or the case itself or both? And be specific. 
Oh, all of the above. You know, I'm honored to be representing uh, Susanna and Matthew Brill on their criminal case where they actually are being charged with reckless conduct. And at this point, you know, we may have to defend them in front of a jury for their actions. But we believe they did not endanger or harm their son. So that's one aspect of it. But then the larger policy implications, I think that's why this case has resonated. And let me tell you, Susanna and Matthew are fighters. They are courageous Americans who want to do what is right for their son, what is right for their family. And they want to help other people who are in the same situation. So really, it's there, there's a lot going on, but it also means this is an important point that we can really make a difference. Okay, um, my producer Binkley's here. He has something, I think, to ask you. And then after that, we're only going to have a minute or two. I want you to please tell us how, if in any way, we can help by whatever it is. So hang on to that thought. Binkley, did you have something for Catherine? I can't hear you, Binkley. Need that mic. Hey, Catherine. Hey. I'm curious. You said they took his service dog. I'm sure he has a connection with that service dog. Is the dog like being taken care of and going to get back to him yes thank goodness they were the parents were able to after they were released from jail go to the animal shelter and readopt the dog they still charge them for it but mallory is home with the parents she has not been able to be with her boy though and that is a real hardship on everyone involved i bet yeah i i have um yeah, the the service dogs do tremendous work. Uh so that's good news. Now, um now can you tell me just uh we've got 2 minutes. Tell me what we can do or what you want us to know or whatever. You tell us. Well, there is a very successful so far, but we've got room to go GoFundMe going on. Help for special needs kid David Ray that folks can find on GoFundMe. It is a trending campaign right now and has been getting a lot of support. But the more support we get, the more folks we can bring in on the team to help the Brills. And right now, we're just seeing people from all over the country volunteer their expertise. I think we... So folks can donate to that campaign on GoFundMe. I'll, I'll make sure to put the link on your page, Monica. And people can also keep sharing this story. It's in the New York Times. It's in these other media outlets. Keep the story alive. Talk to your local representatives about this and say, hey, what are you going to do to make sure that families are not des- uh, denied medicine for their children? And how can people keep up on the story or even just keep up with you? Is your Facebook page the best place to go? Do you have a public um, facing page or what how do we keep up with you and this case uh, my facebook page uh catherine for ga catherine bernard that's catherine, catherine with a with a C, C. is a great place to keep up we are looking to make a page specifically for the brills case and david ray so uh keep an eye out for that uh again you know as as folks donate more and more resources we'll be able to keep building the juggernaut that will just demonstrate these folks are in the right they're just trying to help their son they and all the other families in the same situation don't need to be facing the obstacles our government is putting in their way. Thank you so much, Catherine. I absolutely love the work you do. You're so uh, articulate, intelligent. Your heart's in the right place. Your head is screwed on right. I love your principles, and I especially love the work you do holding our legislature's feet to the fire. I have to say thank you to that. And, um, Uh, After the break, I'm going to tell people how um, they can do something for election integrity this week. So stay tuned to hear how you can make a difference there. Catherine, thank you, thank you, thank you. And keep up the good work. 
Thanks for having me on, Monica. Monica Perez. Thank you so much for dragging me down the rabbit hole. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I have a very important announcement to make. This week, please, I urge you and tell your friends, bring anyone who can come to uh, the Safe Commission meeting. Secretary Kemp established the Secure, Accessible, and Fair Elections Commission in April to study options for Georgia's next voting system. But my favorite and probably most active local election integrity advocate, VoterGA.org's Garland Favorito, is putting out a press release saying that uh, this new uh, voting system commission it's, uh, has 18 members. It will include no election integrity advocate and no IT, that is information technology operations professional, to supplement the cybersecurity expert who is on the commission. Uh, but they do have two lobbyists with no obvious election experience um, as voters at large. So in these 18, this 18 person commission, they have no election integrity advocate. So Garland's team is going to be there. You should be there. Uh, give him support. Get some questions answered. Get, get some input. It's Wednesday, June 13th. Uh, it's this Wednesday from 9 a.m. to noon at the uh, the Sewell Mill Library and Cultural Center uh, at the Black Box Theater, 2051 Lower Roswell Road in Marietta. Uh, if you want to look at more information, go to VoterGA.org. Their Facebook page is good, too. And uh, and get the skinny on that. And I will also say, in conclusion, that uh, despite what Starbucks would have you do, let us continue to think the best of each other. Let us continue to will the good for the other person. And see how that changes our own lives, the uh, community, maybe even the world. This is Monica Perez. Thank you, everyone, and we'll be back next week, 3 to 6.